0: Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations, where we invite our hosts and guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. This season, we're also looking forward to engaging more with our audience, hearing your enlightened views, and answering questions and topics you would like us to weigh in on. Today's episode is hosted by Michelle Lightworker. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. This is Michelle Lightworker, and I am um, blessed to have a wonderful being who I have had the pleasure of actually, you could say, working alongside in relation to other projects as well. Beth Bell joining me. Beth, welcome all the way from the USA.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I know. It's so exciting. And I'm I'm really glad um, uh, Dr. Lana Marconi reached out to me and um, mentioned that you had this new book that you're... uh, that you're uh, launching and it sounded so interesting and I I um gosh even not reading anything about it I would have been interested to talk to you about it but um yeah for those of you who don't know Beth I'll I'll just introduce her formally to you um so a rising star turned marketing executive Beth spent more than 15 plus years leading strategic brand planning for the pharmaceutical industry but somewhere between C-suite level meetings and marketplace assessments, Beth began listening more closely to the world around and within her. What she learned led her eventually to ditch her corporate life to pursue what, what life's purpose of that was calling her, which was pollinating the planet with love. And as her inward journey deepened, Beth became known as the flower whisperer and forged new paths first as an entrepreneur designing silver jewellery in Bali, and then as a radio TV host and author. And additionally, she's a multi-dimensional advisor for CEOs and psychedelic pharmaceutical companies. Uh, Beth currently lives in America with her rescue dog, Lily, and in her newest book, which we can chat about today, uh, is called Angels, Herpes and Psychedelics, in which Beth divulges her unlikely journey of spiritual awakening from romantic encounters to toad venom visions to angels in blue jeans and Beth's story exposes that the soul's true path can get messy irrational and even downright dangerous welcome Beth my gosh
1: yeah thank you
0: (laughs) I love that little summary like oh my god tell me more tell me more
1: (laughs) yeah well and when you said toad venom visions you know I always like to say and this is the toad because a lot of people are like what is this little guy doing (laughs) on the cover of the book you know oh yeah cool that's the toad that uh, has the venom. So,
0: yes, Sweet. we can talk all about that if you're interested. Yes, definitely. And I think, look, um, we've we've I've known you since I think it was 2017, maybe. That um, I was executive producer on 5D TV, and I know that um, Lana was working with you and and mentioned her her work that you you were doing um, with, with 5D TV. Um, and and all the flowers whispering in your your radio show and it just sounded so beautiful and just so that you know um back in 20 2001 when I um started my counseling practice um I specialized in um addiction recovery okay. um so yes yeah, so lots of interest in the the drug therapies and things like that um and th- therapeutic withdrawals and the effects of everything but also yeah. um in my counseling practice I was really guided to use bush flower as, as a recovery tool as well so mm. um yeah, yeah so I really resonate I like I fell into that so I really resonate with the flower realm um and I found it very therapeutic not only for myself and my clients but mm. pretty much for I would say the first 10 years of my kids lives n- never had to take them to a doctor just got the the bushflower essences which are homeopathic in nature and they were right as rain so yeah there you go
1: (laughs) yeah no we did we met in Australia when I came over from I was living in Bali and uh, Lana was uh, interviewing me about being a flower whisperer so yeah it was a fun time and it's the flowers that have really catapulted me in so many ways on my spiritual journey so yeah it's fun to be here today many years later
0: I know it's amazing. So, how did it go from the flower spirit to like m- more? I guess more interest in this uh, area that you're now like delving into, which which yeah. sounds phenomenal.
1: Well, you know, it was a time when I was in my corporate executive position, and I knew I needed to meditate. I was deep in my spiritual journey, but meditation was so darn hard, and I just couldn't do it. Like I'd spend that 15 minutes and go, "Oh, I can't get that 15 minutes back," you know. Mm. And then the universe put a nice camera in my hand sent me on a trip to Hawaii. And I just became mesmerized by flowers and just continued to photograph them and photograph them. And, and then over time, I realized that I was getting messages from flowers. And so that's how I became known as the flower Whisperer. But as we know, it's really just the ability of the ego mind to quiet so that we can hear our soul speak. And so that's what the flowers were doing for me they were sort of that conduit or i like to call them my divine portal because it brought me to that really quiet space and place and and then of course living in bali that took um flowers to a whole nother level and then it took Uh mother nature to a whole nother level and how we connect to source energy and you know and all we can learn from mother nature not only immersing ourselves in it but just watching and witnessing how easy, you know, the flowers flow, the grass grows, the trees blossom, you know, and we make it so difficult as humans. And so, Mother Nature has been just an amazing teacher for me. Well, fast forward, uh, a friend of mine had, because uh, I think you know you wanted to get into like, well, what are you doing with psychedelics now? I think yeah, that's where yeah. you were headed with that question. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And so I've always been a, an anti-drug person, like not even cannabis, marijuana, like just an absolute no go. And, and, uh, a friend of mine had been diagnosed with breast cancer and, and worked with a psychedelic and got just amazing insights. It changed the whole trajectory. And I, she said, you know, you should try this. And I said, yeah, thank you. But no, I've just done 20 years of deep dive spiritual work. And, you know, the last thing I want to do is lose my mind. And so I said no to that. And then I had also interviewed on my show, pollinating the planet with love, um, a gentleman, Louis Schwartzberg, who I think even in Australia, he would probably be quite famous. He does all the time time-lapse cinematography, like where the flowers are opening gradually. And he also produced the uh, fantastic fungi, that mm. documentary, if you're familiar. Mm. yes, so, yes, yeah. So I was interviewing him and talking, I want to talk all about flowers. He want to talk all about mushrooms. And then we ended up talking about San Pedro and ayahuasca. And uh, yeah. So he said, you know, Beth, if you get the opportunity in the right sentence setting, you really should try, you know, one of these, one of these medicines. And so at some point I came to the fact of, wait, I know the power of flowers. I know the power of mother nature. Why am I scared of a little cactus? Right. Which is what San Pedro was. So that was the first, that was the first dive that I went into psychedelics and had an amazing journey. And it, yeah, it really, it really opened up a lot for me. So that was, that was how I sort of got into it. And then of course there's many, many stories I can tell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. So, you know, I often wonder about that, like even to the point of, uh, you know, like, pharmaceuticals versus herbs or pharmaceuticals versus vitamins but like pharmaceuticals based on those things like it's it's kind of like um it's it's i think it's what it comes down to i think all at any point in time is what feels right for ourselves too because um if we are listening to our spiritual guidance and our intuitive system and we are guided to do that um that's just us keeping an open mind, I think. And, and that's one of my principles. So I think, and I I remember uh, reading an article in which you talked about openness and willingness were really important and willingness and open-mindedness are two of my 12 principles that I actually operate by. And I haven't had any psychedelics, but I'm certainly, um, I'm certainly interested to find out a bit more about how they impact and work and open and unlock and things like that. And whether that is uh, part of um, you know uh, uh, I guess um, a moderated way because you know they're obviously a lot of the time they, as you're saying they're done in settings that are actually um, where it's a microdose or whether that you've got the support there and yeah. and, and whether that because I know a deep meditation and sometimes some people with specific um, ways of learning find it very difficult to meditate you know whether or not those kind of there are alternatives there to help people to yeah. see the bigger picture because I remember you talking about the ego death and feeling really yeah. connected to everyone and everything and 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 that was massive for you like the biggest like experience yeah. you could have had and yeah. to get to that point um yeah. that's life changing for some people when they actually experience that that there's that exists that you could feel like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you bring up a lot of really great points. And I think you for sure you and and probably a majority of your listeners are all on a super deep dive and you're highly conscious. So you go, well, why would I need to try psychedelics just like me? Like, why would I need to lose my mind? But what happened was, is we talk about and we intellectualize and we know, and we live by a lot of these concepts. But what psychedelics did for me is they helped me embody these intellectual concepts on a whole nother level, on a way that is almost indescribable. So one of the experiences that you were just referencing was um, I had an opportunity, which I, I, again, I was kind of like, wow, I'm, I'm so surprised that, I, that I'm here, but I had an opportunity to do Bufo, which is the venom off of a toad's back. They crystallize it, you smoke it in a pipe and you actually pass out almost immediately. So you, even then you would say, so why in the heck would you do this? But what happens is, is it basically gives your brain a reset and it shuts down your default mode network. So you get this opportunity to just hear your higher self. Yeah, all the programs aren't playing, all the programs aren't running and it's, you just enter into, well, not everybody has the same experience, but for me in that particular session, I was able to completely dissolve. It felt like somebody took a bucket of acid and poured it all over my body and all over my mind. And I absolutely did not exist. And it's not something anyone can intellectually understand, but when you experience it and then you experience the bliss of divine oneness, I mean, I got to tell you, like I've done a lot of different spiritual modalities and the word oneness always sounded really great, but I was always a bit frustrated, like, okay, but really, like, what does that really mean? You know, like at the highest sense, what does that really mean? And once you are shown that and you experience that, it's just, there's no turning back. So I like to look at psychedelics as a North star. Psychedelics alone are not going to enlighten anyone because you're still going to come back to your programs. And if you don't do the integration work and you don't actually, yeah, you don't have a, a spiritual toolbox, then you just go back to all of the external, you know, stimuli that are telling you all the narratives. So it is important to do the integration work, but I really like the idea of people thinking it, thinking of it as a North star. So it it gives you embodiment of the spiritual concepts that you're able to intellectualize, but perhaps not get to that next level of embodiment. And yep. so that's, yeah, that's where I, and I think the spiritual community is, is probably some of the, well, not that I want to say best, but probably some of the most equipped people to take the lessons and learnings from psychedelic spiritual medicines, plant-based medicines, because we have the toolbox. So when you sort of shoot yourself out there and you start understanding all these concepts and all this expanded states of consciousness, when people come back here, if they don't have the toolbox or they they've never studied or understood like other realms, or they don't understand the third dimension versus the fifth dimension or higher dimensions, it can mm-hmm. be really overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. sometimes what happens is people want to keep going there. Mm, but not mm. do the work. And once mm. you already have that spiritual foundation and that toolbox, yep. you have a bridge, but mm. for some people, and, and I, I, I will say that, look, anything can be addictive. Donuts yeah, can be addictive, yeah. right? So, yeah, 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 but, but yeah. by nature, psychedelics are not, uh, they're not working on receptors that are addictive. You, mm. you typically don't want to jump back into a journey because you see the work that it brings forward. It, it basically opens yep. up your subconscious mind and brings forward things that you've suppressed and repressed and, and things that I still a hundred percent say, do the spiritual work, do mm. the longer road, because that's the road that is more natural. And, you know, but when you're ready and you feel called to do something more, then psychedelics can step in and really Put some things on fast forward for you to get you through some of the, you know, the pain bodies and break through them. Not that faster is important, but sometimes it can be a much
0: quicker process. Mm, I, I really re- resonate with what you're saying there. When I was back in '95, when I was studying Steiner education, Rudolf yeah. Steiner, um, they, they were talking about how, how, I guess, how drugs affect each of our bodies, like our astral yeah. body, our etheric body, or our chi body, and they were talking about how if you get too high, you can expand out and learn, like you can like touch concepts that um, are a f- bit removed from you that you can't quite grasp down here. Yeah. But if you haven't got the um, the sensibilities of how to integrate that learning back, it can totally yeah. get lost. It, can, li- yeah. it li- can literally be forgotten or it can, um, like I think, you know, in the case of um, some... I guess some drugs and things like that can create psychotic episodes as well, because they're sort of moving people into a, into a space like marijuana, you know, it can um, balloon out um, the etheric body, which makes people feel comfortably numb. But then what they're doing is they're pushing out the astral body so that it's, it's yeah. almost like if there's too much feelings, too much emotions, too much unresolved stuff in that astral body, and then yeah. your, your chi body is inflated like a balloon and it keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner what can happen yeah. is it can crack and then all the astrality, all the unresolved feelings can just overwhelm, yeah. can come in and comp- like, oh. so people can have those things. So it's like, um, and, and get addicted to that, like that process of avoiding pushing well, things I- away and all that kind of stuff. But that you like, what you're saying is that there's, yeah. if you understand, I guess, how the drugs work in different ways and what they're, what they're doing, then you can, work with them in a different way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well you said a lot of really great things that I just want to see if I can touch on. Um there there is a very small percentage of people that do have psychotic breaks and and that has to do with a lot of factors probably. So it can happen. Um, I think, but even more so, um, but, it, but it's not very likely, but even more so, cause you're making really important points about the ethereal body, about our energy, about our soul, our soul's plan and opening ourselves up to entities and, and different energies yeah. and other realms. And so that's where I am also a huge spokesperson for psychedelics, but I always say set setting and server. And those three things are important. Your mindset going in. Yes. Your intentions. No, you know, whatever you're going to get is already predetermined, but it's important that you set your intentions
0: because there's other energies that can take you doing other things. So and then that's it, it, important. Engage, you, engages your will. And it goes back to that, that willingness that we talked about where yep. your will is engaged. And if your will's yep. engaged and your intention is set, then there's Uh, you can't, it's not as easy to be derailed or at least when things come up that could derail you, you're, you're a bit more, you've got more of you, your higher self on board with it.
1: Yes, for sure. And then the setting is where are you at? I mean, you know, as a light worker, like there's energies everywhere and you wouldn't go do, you know, a a meditation or a singing bowl um, session in a place that was filled with entities or lower vibrational energies, you would clear it first, right? So you want to be in a setting that you know is energetically clear. Now you may not be, not you, but the listeners may not be like the expert on clearing the energy, but that's where the server comes in and you want to make sure that you're with someone that knows how to clear the space that can hold the space right that that can hold the container for everybody that's coming in because a lot of times you're doing a group and there again that's the setting right so if it's a group find out who's coming to this group? Is this people that are coming with clear intentions with, with the idea of expanding consciousness? Or are these people coming to just shoot themselves out there and feel better momentarily? Are they there to do the work? Or, or are they recreational users that sign up for these journeys to just go on a trip? So there's a huge, huge difference energetically. So yeah, and then the server. I mean, it's becoming a little bit of a fad lately that people are doing ayahuasca and you know all these different things which are all beautiful medicines, but a lot of times the server they've gone to the Amazon or whatever, and all of a sudden they're certified as a shaman. You know, it's like, people think they're a shaman. And it's like, well, there's sort of quite a lineage that comes, an ancestral lineage that comes with being able to serve ayahuasca. So understanding the medicines and and having worked with the medicines and people for years, if not generations, is really important. So when you go to sit, don't do it because your friend went somewhere and and had a good trip do it because you vibrate when you talk to the server, the voice, you know, the vibration of their voice. Does it feel yeah. like it's resonating with you and where you are in your life? Um, don't just jump into these things, right? It's yeah. like your soul. So you wouldn't just go out onto the street and hand a stranger your soul and say, here, you know, see what you can, see what you can show me. Um, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> those things are really important. And Yeah. It incorporates what you were talking about with
0: our aura and our energy and entities and our soul plan. Super important. I think it's common sense what you're saying. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, you wouldn't go deep sea diving without a buddy, would you? Right. You
1: wouldn't, but you would be surprised what people do, you know, Mm -hmm. people get caught up in these things and, Oh, it's so, it's all spiritual and it's like, but you're still in charge of your soul's plan and your meat suit and your vehicle and your body and your energy system so yeah yeah, yeah
0: exactly oh wow that's great now I'm I'm and so how did the angels and this herpes come into the title are they two different stories <laughs> well you know honestly the book spans about 20 years of my life
1: and yeah. angels came in the first of all i say the title came from spirit I just spirit cool. said you will name this book, Angels, Herpes and Psychedelics. And I said, yeah, no, (laughs) "No, are you kidding me? You know? Um, But it was so clear. I couldn't deny it. Uh, Many people have asked me to change it. My publisher, the cover designer. I mean, you know, like you name it, people have said, yeah, that's just going to turn a lot of people off. And Mm -hmm. I recognize that it might, but then they're probably not the right readers Mm -hmm. yet but they will come around. So angels is all about, uh, we have earth angels, people that come into our life and help support us. And we also have celestial angels, right? So there's paranormal experiences that we have um, and we know we have our guardian angels. And so it's really looking to our support system and knowing that we're never alone in the universe. We're always connected to everyone. And so angels made the cover for that reason. And I talk a right. lot about earth angels and celestial angels and how they
0: helped me along my awakening journey. And I mentioned. imagine- really- I imagine the servers are angels in blue, you know, not blue jeans potentially, um, maybe in other, other outfits. But, yeah, holding the space, gosh, you know, that's angelic. Yeah. That's uh, I, I believe when we get to that place, you know, when we're able to hold the space, that is an angelic yeah. ability. So, yes, let's. Yes, give them yeah,
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They're 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 shining the light for us and showing the way and just asking us to emulate what they're what they're teaching us. So, um, mm-hmm. and again, there's still an element of our own higher self, angels and yeah. other realms. So, yeah. So that's that's part of the cover. And then herpes is a really important part of the of the book. I share a very vulnerable story about how I contracted herpes, and I mm-hmm. I did it because I, I did it, meaning put it into the the book and put it onto the cover because. People have so much shame and trauma around herpes. And it's not just herpes, but it's whether it's sexual abuse or whatever it is, whatever your trauma is, if it's a big T or a little t, it's holding you back in some way of really knowing who you really are and stepping into your fullest power. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's just hitting some tough topics head on. And so herpes made the cover for that. But it also made the cover because I think one of the most important things right now is the mind viruses.
0: And mm-hmm. that is
1: what we need to work through because mm-hmm. their programs, as we know, they're installed sometimes consciously, unconsciously um, coming at us left and right from whether it's the media, our communities, and it's just understanding like, w- well, what is the mind virus that's at play here? Cause that's the most impar- important part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why that made the cover.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Um, I know there's a lot of shame around herpes, and when I was doing bush flower essences, one of the um, bush flowers that we helped people to recover from herpes and have lots of success with um, was um, uh, a, a specific one that was related to um, in, in the, it, being burnt um, in previous lives, uh, uh, like literally on you know um, being burnt at the stake and things like that so people yeah. had trauma around being a light worker being burnt at the stake um yeah. being being um also having uh, reactions to radiation in the sun and things like that and so taking yeah. um like a homeopathic dose of this people would get like re like they if they've had a sunburn and they've had yeah. a bikini mark the radiation would come out, and you could see that the bikini mark when they had the sunburn and things like that. So it was about re- releasing the fear of yeah. being a light worker, releasing the fear of of um, yeah. either trauma at, related to being oppressed yeah. and and snuffed out, literally. So I, I've, I've, my my relationship with herpes has been one of. Um, Um, transformation for people like I just look at that and go oh that's 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 deep so that's why I was like oh wow are these two different stories because like you know from my perspective we step into our angelic nature when we're when we face release our fear of being um, a light worker
1: yeah, well, and I, I look at herpes sort of like I, I'm not a biblical person, but I grew up Christian, and I just remember the story of the lepers in the Bible, you know, yeah. and that's that energy. And um, mm-hmm. my first draft of my book, I actually um, didn't didn't say that I had a positive on the herpes virus. I said, oh, I got exposed. So I thought, well, I'll just gently, you know, talk about it. And then COVID happened, and it was like, okay, no everyone now knows what what virus shame is like in the very beginning of covid if someone got covid don't tell anybody don't tell anybody you know mm-hmm. and so i started to realize no 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 like the virus shame is alive and prevalent, and we need to we need to just stop all of this ridiculousness of shaming people and and making people feel isolated for yeah, yeah these you know whether it's herpes or something else. So mm, mm. so that's just a really important part. Now um, I do have a awakening an awakening and healing handbook on my website that I'd be mm. happy to put if you have additional remedies and different things that that you want to put into the into the handbook because a lot of people have given lots of remedies. Um, or herpes, but I just had a, a, a talk with a sexologist actually. And we were talking about how herpes for people can just be such a beautiful check engine light, because if you think that you're getting a herpes I outbreak, agree. whether it's, I you know, whether it's that. oral herpes yes, or genital yes. herpes, yeah. um mm. you know, that your body's out of balance, you know, that yeah. you're probably too alkaline, or I mean, too, too acidic and Acid. you need to be more yeah. alkaline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, that you probably aren't getting enough sleep. You know that you probably have too much stress and that your cortisol levels are too high. So, you know, it's really about how you're going to frame it. And when you, we know the law of attraction. So if you fear something, you bring it near, right? So when you don't fear something and you heal it energetically and you heal the, the virus of the mind, then the actual viruses, whether it's COVID or herpes or whatever else the next virus is going to be, you just separate yourself from the fear of it and, and you don't attract it. You know, yeah. it's just a, it's just a whole different way of, of thinking. And if you do attract it and you do have it, then, then you just have a different response to it. So it's yeah. always about our response to things, whether it's in our body or in the
0: external environment. Yeah. yeah, and I 100% agree with you. I mean, I got herpes as a kid. I remember seeing... Um, I saw in one of my Christmas photos when I was nine or something. So it was in my family. Like, you know, sometimes you you catch it from drinking a cup or like it's easy to pass on. Like it's it's not it's not hard to get. And so for me, um, whenever I get something like a tingling or something going on, usually I get it yeah. on, on my mouth. I don't think I've had it anywhere else that I can remember, but usually I'll get it on my mouth. And I just find that it's a warning sign yeah. For me to take better care of myself because I'm being challenged um in, in in a way that's oppressing me. Yeah. And and I have potentially succumbed to it and I yeah. haven't noticed it. And I need to really get myself sort of yeah. back into my own light worker driver's seat rather than being yeah. in an oppressive environment. So it's really good. Like it's a it's and and it can sometimes happen when I when I know I'm going to be challenged, it's almost like you can feel it coming, and yeah. so it's almost like a preparation. And go, oh look! So it's not—it's a buddy. It's not a um. Yeah, I don't. I don't look at it like it's uh, something to be ashamed of whatsoever. And when I see, when I see people who have it, like if they have something going on, um, I'm in a lot of compassion for them. Um, yeah. I was watching a um TV show the other day. And it was all, all about two um, gay men who wanted to um, get married. And one of them had a lot of, um, you know, shame around um, the fact that he was with his partner for seven years and still he, he wasn't willing to step into the marriage thing. Okay. Um, And I just noticed there was, yeah, one of those coming up and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. He's yeah. coming into this place where he has to stand in front of people and talk and it's coming up and I, Yeah. So straight away, I thought that my my heart went out to him and went, wow, this is a really big moment for you to be in your light and to be yourself. And um, yeah, so um, I'm glad you talk about it. I'm glad you bring it out of the shameful corners and you put it on the front cover. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, spirit. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And then psychedelics is, is obvious we talked about that, that it was just really uh, you know, a North Star in, in embodying a lot of the spiritual concepts that we've all studied for so many years and and understand. So yeah, yeah. so it's um, you know, and again, I'm such an anti drug person. So myself, I'm I'm just surprised that that I was interested and willing to step into that. And now that I have. I understand the power of these medicines and I really want to help people have great experiences, but also use them as sacred medicines. Right. Mm, so it's yeah. it's important to really understand the bigger picture of, of what they, yeah, what they're here for and what they can do for people.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so how are you psychedelic um, working with pharmaceutical companies Um that was in your bio? Um, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Well, I do some advising, um, for some smaller startup
1: companies, cause there's over 250 proper pharmaceutical companies that are studying different molecules. So, um, mm. I don't know how many of them now are actually traded on the stock exchange, but there's several that are on either the Toronto stock exchange or the New York stock exchange. And they are like big companies. Um, And lots of research is going into psychedelics right now. And so because I come from big pharma, um, Mm. I feel really compelled to offer additional insights from the pharma background, but also from someone who's on a spiritual you know, awakening journey and has a lot of experience with psychedelics themselves. So I help with, with, with some with branding, some, yeah, there's the various things that I help with um, when it comes to advising in, in that sense, but yeah, there's, there's so much research. I think in 2023, this year, we will, we will see um, our first psychedelics approved on the market with, I should say ketamine is already on the market. So that is technically a psychedelic and that is available in, uh, clinics, proper ketamine clinics, but I think we'll see MDMA, you know, psilocybin, the magic mushrooms is, is close by. Um, people are studying LSD. I mean, the, everything DMT, uh, five meo and DMT, DMT. So yeah, there's a lot MDMA, MDA. So there's a lot of stuff that's being looked at and they're, and they're looking at it, you know, from a full spectrum, but a lot of the companies are looking at them from a very specific spectrum for a very specific disease type or mental state. And, um, yeah, so yeah, the, the the research right now is, is amazing. And, And I'm just thrilled to see that, that they're taking a FDA route and really looking at clinical data and, you know, and then with that said, I'll counter that and say, well, there's also some, some potential, Uh, Less than advantageous things when we get to a really clinical setting, because we know the magic is in holding the space, right? Right. And in a clinical setting and having, let's just say an LSD journey, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very different than if you're sitting in a loving space with someone who understands the multidimensional realms and can really hold the space with you. So, so there's some downsides and some upsides, but I think the, the major upside is that we, we at least have potentially, you know psychedelics that will be approved and on the market. So people won't have to do everything underground and that it will become more accepted. And I think that's also part of uh, my role and many others is to shift the narrative around psychedelics away from the sixties and seventies and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the war on drugs. And certainly there are a lot of drugs that there should be a war on. (laughs) I just don't believe anymore that it's, that it's psychedelics. And in fact, psychedelics, the root word is mind manifesting. That's where psychedelics come from, comes from.
0: Right, mind yeah. manifesting—that is really interesting, isn't yeah.
1: it? You know, yeah. I
0: just—I'm just like um, intrigued how, um, like, like from my point of view, like when I've look at my journey and I look at, you know, being a counselor and going, yeah. you know, training people and light working, and then being called into HR, corporate, and and then being an executive producer and like all these different things, and I just look at you and go, like. Isn't it interesting? Like I just look at you like a mirror and just go, like, isn't it interesting how we get called into all these weird areas and that we probably wouldn't have found ourselves in? And and they, but they all make sense. Like to yeah. look at them, people might go, "What the?" But to us, um, yeah. there have been this organic process, this journey of, of course, I had to do that, and then that led to that, and of course, and because of those things, and I understood those things, and I could do this very well, and then bring it back here, and it's actually. Uh, quite uh, like I feel like a symbiotic connection with you on that
1: yeah mm. for sure yeah I think it's, it's so important just as way showers or you know whatever words we want to use that we you know we shine the light and show the way right and allow people to let their own journey unfold because every soul has a different journey and to your point like neither one of us probably would say that we're going to be sitting here doing this, you know, <laughs> 10 years later and we're sitting here going, no. oh my gosh. And well, now I what? see how it all makes sense and how every little bit rolls together. And I think mm. too, that, you know, for the spiritual community, a lot of times we get dinged for that. Like, oh, you don't know what you're doing or, oh, you're doing this now. Or, Are you doing that now? Why don't you, yeah. you know, why don't you get clear on this or this? You know in a am an well,
0: environment.
1: We're very clear. It's yeah. just, we're clear that this is what we need to be doing now. And this is what we need to be doing now. And then it all does come together at probably sometimes the most unlikely points, right? Right. When we're at that point where we're like, wait a second, like universe, like we got to, we got to ring fence, all of this and figure this out. And then it all falls together. So I think the message that you talk about too, is just like, keep going on the journey, you know, keep going Dive deep, you know. Take deep breaths and keep going because, yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit, a little bit lonely. You know, lonely mm. from the perspective of not all of our family and friends understand mm. everything that we're
0: doing because they're not on the same journey. No, and, they don't, and it's they look, don't it's hard to seriously. It's hard to unwrap and explain the journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and and that's why I. I I feel a lot of love and a lot of joy when I see people trying new things in the spiritual community like yourself. Um I feel like yeah, you know, you're giving yourself permission to go there, you know. Yeah. You've been you've been told on some level, whether it's internally or externally, like you just know it like from hearing yeah. it from exter- you know, external spiritual team, but you just know, oh this is what I need to do this is my spiritual assignment i call them spiritual assignments um and you just follow that and not question um and yeah. even the journey to follow that people might not realize that just the journey to follow that can be yeah. quite challenging and quite confronting for us especially if we've been doing a hard left and then we go a hard right yeah. um but but it's all connected um yeah. and i i i i, I celebrate so when I, so in 10 years time, if you're doing something completely different, like hula hooping, I don't even know, but whatever it is, <laughs> I'm 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 just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, just another little plug for psychedelics that when people are ready for them, um, you feel called to them, but what they do do is they give you that extra clarity away from all of the external environment programs right. like that work on us so hard yeah so that we can just yeah. really hear our soul um and i know we achieve that in meditation and and we achieve that through you know bowls you know uh, healing bowls there's so many different ways that we can access our soul so it's not like psychedelics are the thing no but they just help us just go a little bit deeper in all of our practices we still go back to the practices we still use all of the spiritual tools yeah. Um, but it just helps us heighten just a little bit more our sensitivity around being in our body and really living our soul's plan as opposed to listening to that darn ego mind which can be yeah. very helpful but a lot of times is filled with a bunch of gibberish yeah. yeah
0: do you think it quietens it or do you think it turns it up really loud so that you can tell it's really loud and you ignore it and then just focus do you think it's both it could be both
1: um, no, I, I, on a journey, your, your ego mind is, is significantly quieted, if not mm. turned off, depending upon, depending upon what you're doing, depending upon mm. dose. So, you know, it's, it's so yeah. every journey is going to be different. Even if you do the same, the same medicine, the second journey is going to be very different than the first one. Mm. Um, but where I think that the, the ego mind does come back on and starts to speak very loudly. So you're in the journey, you're, it's all quiet. You're hearing your higher self and you just have the no. Knowingness, just like when you sit in meditation, you get those hits, you're just like, oh, that's really clear. And I just know that within myself. But when you come out of the journey, and this is why the work is so important for integration, is that you, the mind starts to come up back online, like, oh man, I almost lost my job there. Like, whoa, I gotta get, I gotta get back in here and I gotta tell this person like who they are and what they need to be. And Beth Bell is this character with these, you know, these characteristics and this personality. And it's like, okay, yeah, I am all those things, but, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one. And, and so you come to this place where you go, oh, okay. Now I really hear my mind and I know that's my mind because you know the difference, you know, it's like you go, yeah. Cause I think that's also part of the journey is we get confused sometimes. You're like, well, wait, is that my mind or is that really spirit? You know? And so it does help you with that sensitization, but it's after you come out of the journey. It's once you're, you're back here and you're, you're integrating all the learnings that you're bringing in. And then you're listening to the mind and you're like, okay, yeah, no, 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 no.
0: I get that sneaky little one like that. That's not true.
1: That's, mm. that's
0: not true. Yeah, and I, I mean, like for someone like myself, like part of that integration process would be acknowledging that that there is a voice that has something to say yeah. um, and it may come from a place of fear. So how can we then have a look at that, not reject it and throw it out with the yeah. bathwater, bath like the baby with the yeah. bathwater? How can we go, oh, okay, that got loud after I came out. So there's some resistance around that idea of what I just learned and it's really turned the volume up on this particular aspect of my ego myself and it is scared and it wants to create some noise it wants to shake things up or block it away or whatever um so they're not the integration process would be how do we explore supporting that part of myself so that it doesn't feel it's running on fear with regards to what we just learned would you agree with that like I'm just that's what I would do (laughs) yeah Yeah, I think it's great yeah cool um because I think a lot of people sort of like they poo-poo like once you step into higher self it's almost like everything else should be just shush but I think no it's okay to bring the higher self to those that aspect of ourselves if that makes sense
1: yeah. And I mean, as you know, every time we break through one belief, one limiting belief or one illusional belief, then we just get tested with the next level of beliefs and whether they're our own, they're ancestral or they're, you know, societal thought constructs that are, you know, just like, well, this is the way it is. Well, you actually know this isn't the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, not to get into this topic, but I think that's also where COVID came in so helpful. For mm-hmm. us to understand some of the narratives that are going on out there and the the fear experiment that was happening. And, and it's all about, and this was, this was the big lesson I feel from COVID for everyone was get to your inner space, mm-hmm. find your inner right? self, your yeah. inner wisdom, because yep. there's more to come. Like it's more and more and more, it's always going to happen. We're going to get the next, you know, initiation with whatever it is, right? Whether it's a natural disaster or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's always your internal state. That's the only thing that you really have dominion over. You have Mm -hmm. no control over the external world, the external state, the things that are happening. And so it's that inner peace. In fact, um, in the introduction of my book, one of the things that I say at the very end is I say, um, love is the new currency. How rich Mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really where we're headed. I think all light workers out there, all, you know, people on their deep spiritual journey, the tides are going to turn and people are going to go, wait a second. I want what you have. You know, there's a lot of people that have struggled and struggled and they have such incredible gifts to offer and they haven't quite, you know, made it well Mm -hmm. financially maybe. Right. But they've made it, they've made it because they understand the power Of what their modality is that they're bringing to help bring the inner peace and the inner wisdom forward. So yeah, I think the time is now to just keep diving deep within and really understand your own inner wisdom because that's your that is the true north. When yeah. you're connected to source, as, as you know, you know, when yes. you're connected, then it really doesn't matter. Yes. Things will happen and things will still, will still be human. We'll still have a human emotion. We'll still have a human reaction, but it doesn't have to be a reaction that, that harnesses the trauma within us. We just allow it to go through. Like I learned a lot from my Bali dog, Lily, um, you know, you watch animals what do they do when, when something bad happens, they shake it shake. off, right? Mm-hmm. They shake it off and they mm-hmm. let all the energy go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just something we didn't get, you know, we didn't get taught. Um, It's also something I talk about in the book. Uh, I went to a shaking ashram in, um, in Bali. And Mm -hmm. we shook for, uh, three times a day for two hours a piece. So six hours a day, we shook violently our body. And I thought at the time it was like the craziest thing I'd ever done, but I kind of was doing all the different modalities. And I thought, ah, let me check this one out. Everybody's (laughs) talking about it. And, uh, and by the end of it, I said, I am never coming back here. This is all so crazy. And when I left the ashram, I realized exactly what had happened and how I had shook a lot out And by, you know, you know, when we let, when we shake the lower vibration out, what happens The light comes in and, you know, we walk around a lot lighter and brighter. And, um, so my, another one of my nevers then was I, I went back to the shaking ashram three times, um, with Ratu Baghus and. Yeah. And each time have bizarre experiences, but yeah, it all has to do with our Kundalini energy and, you know, and, and uh, bringing our highest vibration within our body without blowing our circuits. And that's why there's a process. And that's why it's a, you know, it's a journey. It's not like just overnight we're gonna yeah suddenly you know turn from an old nokia phone to like the latest uh iphone right there's yeah. all the, all the steps in between so and they're
0: all yeah. and honestly when when people think they have so far to go but i i just like to say to people but those each little step is a huge step like yes. and it we feel it like um i celebrate that like yeah. no matter how small it's a big step It, it it's yeah. a huge step so um, i'm off to bali um this week um oh. and Ooh. um yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to to spending a couple of weeks over there. And it's interesting because the last, uh, not the last time I was in Bali, but the time before was around about the same time. And I remember on Valentine's Day, um, yeah. I went around and took all these pictures of photos and oh, um, of yeah. flowers and uh, oh, they were absolutely gorgeous. And I got so many of them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited because it's like the same time. <laughs> it's always like yeah. we're going over there. We're going to be there for Valentine's Day again. Um, yeah, well, I have so to, the because I lived there for five and
1: a half years and had my brick and mortar shop on Monkey Forest Road.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I had uh, developed a, what I call the savvy insider's guide. So it's on my website, but I'm happy to gift it to you. So when you're going, mm-hmm. I'll give you all my favorite places. They're they're in Ubud, though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ubud uh, stands for medicine, and it's you know yep. one of the sacred places on on bali for yeah for healing and the Champuan river and so if you want any i know you've been there many times and i'm sure you're an expert but the savvy insiders guide also gives some interesting tips so i'm happy oh, to show that.
0: that's so wonderful thank you appreciate that <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it and um it's it's the first overseas holiday um that that i will have had now since um 2018 so yeah oh, wow. I know it's 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 like usually we do something every year or two you know so it's a long time um we had booked a trip to Greece um in 2020 but we had to cancel that we're going to go Greek islands and things like that but we thought because everything's still kind of calming down like let's let's do Bali first and then sort of see how (laughs) when did you end up going back to LA you
1: um in the late 2018 I came back to the okay. United States and then I I was on the east coast and and spent a few months there and then went to Arizona and thought I was going to spend a few mm. months there and stayed a year because my family's mm. there and then moved uh to southern California um in 2020 just before just before COVID so wow. um yeah so I'm I'm near San Diego actually so I'm I'm down. Down the coast but yeah it's, it's yeah. a beautiful i'm right next to the yogananda self-realization fellowship so i don't oh, know if any beautiful. viewers are familiar with yogananda but he's the guy that brought the yoga to the west and i don't know mm-hmm. if he spent time in australia but i'm sure he must have
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah
0: rings a bell yogananda That's maybe australia. i've seen a documentary on him mm. yeah, maybe. You probably can't. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well um so You've got. You've just been recording your audio book the last day or so, and um, I'm 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 super um, uh, honoured that because I know it must be taxing for your voice and everything to do yeah. that. I feel like I'm I'm part of the audio book or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like mid audio book. Yeah. And here we are. I sort of feel like I'm in the book somehow, like energetically yeah, because I'll- of that
1: believe it or not, I think we're going to be in the, in the studio, like 10 to 15 hours or more in the recording of it. So it's, it's a huge project, not one that will be done soon, but yes, I appreciate that. It's, you start to, uh, understand your, your vocal cords in a whole different way. You're talking so much each day and, and doing something like an audio book, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, um, what's next for you? You're, you're basically busy promoting this book. Have you got anything else happening this year? That's exciting.
1: Yeah, well, actually, um, the book is kind of only the beginning because as I mentioned before, there's the awakening and healing handbook because, you know, I've shared my stories, but I really didn't share my stories because I wanted everybody in the world to know my stuff. I shared my stories because I knew it was a way for others to share in community because that's how we heal together. And so there's also the awakening and healing handbook, which gets into deeper modalities. Um, I also have a a book bliss book club. People can come to and participate in. And then um, there's live shows on YouTube that will start in February where people can come and ask questions about the stories in the book. They can bring their own questions from their own life. um, And we'll have a live dialogue. And, and again, so that it's a one-to-one discussion, but it's out on one to many so that we can all learn from all the stories that are discussed so yeah so that's the big big project here in 2023 so oh awesome that community. sounds
0: fantastic i'm excited for you and yeah. um i'll definitely um keep my eyes out for that um i've been wanting to open up in, enlightened conversations more for like um i, get, I guess a q a kind of style too and um yeah we're planning like live streams with more questions from people um and I, I'm kind of looking at questions like the bigger picture questions, not so much, Oh, what yeah. do I do about my, you know, teenage daughter, not that kind of stuff, but more, um, you know, how, what does it mean when we feel um, something in our body, when we're listening to someone on a live stream, something like that, you know, those kind of questions that, yeah. you know, people, what do I do about it? That kind of questions or how do I yeah. deal with it kind of stuff. So um, yeah, just that community engagement is cool. Like, you know, and it's, it's alive and it's, brings forth um I think that unity consciousness because we're, you know, we're all in this together, everybody's in the mirror, we've all got questions. And yeah. I like to encourage that kind of as so I'm trying to kind of work out how to do that too. So we've got, yeah, because got some Facebook live streams happening on that. But yesterday when we were meant to record, um and I I thought it was yesterday instead of today, even though we changed it and I accidentally <laughs> turned up for him, like here I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That was funny. But um, yeah, what happened for me was I got um guided for the first time to have an enlightened conversation. I actually had a meditation on Monday. Um, oh. and this the episode I'm talking about now will air after ours. So this is interesting because okay. I want yours to I want yours to air um next week. So um okay uh okay. I, I, I basically um had a meditation with my spiritual team and they basically said we would like you to share um a conversation from us to everyone so I did that yesterday when when I had the space because I was all like ready I was like oh and I wasn't planning it and I was a bit I thought I I did something like that when I got back from Bali I didn't think I'd do it like and so it kind of like the universe gave me a little bit of a nudge that's why it was such a gift (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so I did that and it was kind of interesting because like stuff that we've talked about today I talk about the next episode that i recorded yesterday which is a lot of that like when you turn up for the thing that you need to with the trauma and you 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 let um things present themselves it was really interesting so um i just wanted to say it was really connected and intertwined with our energy yeah
1: lovely yeah Yeah. well great
0: this is so wonderful i'm so glad we did this me too um so where can people find you it's is it bethbell.me is that the website Beth and it's Beth B-E-L-L dot me, yep. Beth, yep. me. yes just, just so yep. I've got that correct yep. um and so thank you so much for joining us and um I'm looking forward to seeing how everything um unfurls this year for you Beth and I'm um, just big love to you for everything that you're doing in the world and all the insight that you're bringing forward and all the unity consciousness that you're trying to encourage courage as well as owning our own individual selves and our higher selves and our light so i i just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to you for all that beautiful energy yes, you're out and, well. and
1: thank you to you for everything that you do this is amazing so yes we'll shine the light together
0: shining yes just definitely and thank you yeah. all so much for joining us uh for another episode of enlightened conversations um my uh enlightened conversation that i had with my spiritual team will air next um next uh thursday the 16th of uh february uh, so a week after this one and um i look forward to hearing how that all goes so thank you so much everybody and we'll see you next time thank you